0: Well, good morning. I confess, as you just heard in that prayer, that uh, I approached this topic this morning with <laughs> with fear and trembling. Um, it's uh, it's a, it's quite a humbling thing to stand up in front of folks and, and talk about parenting. Um, but uh, God's word gives us insight, and and that's where we want to go. You can turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter one. If you're like me and you like to take your notes over a passage, I'm not going to do that for you this morning. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, we're going to be jumping all over the place because that's kind of what Proverbs does. Uh, but you can turn there. We're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 1 in just a minute. I'm, I'm Pat Coyle. I serve on staff here at Anderson. Uh, my current role, I've been through several. My current role is, uh, is uh, human resources and missionary care pastor, kind of the pastor to your staff and your missionaries. Um, and uh, love that role. I've loved uh, loved serving in that role. I've raised my family here. My family is on the road back from Colorado, and uh, uh, Jeannie and my three kids are somewhere around north of Dallas right now. So if you'd pray for them, I would appreciate that. Um, we've raised our kids here in Bryan College Station. Jeannie and I came on staff in 96, raised three kids, St. Joseph babies. You know, we've, we've uh, brought them up here in the community. And you've seen a lot <laughs> to do with our children. I hope that's been uh, not a terrible experience. And, uh, and so again, you know, to stand up here and talk about parenting is kind of a humbling thing in front of folks who, who many of you who know our kids. And Proverbs certainly has much, much to say. And uh, I put the topic up there, parenting wisdom. And I, for a while on that slide, I had parenting wisdom and parenting wisdom. Do you get the play on words? Proverbs has kind of a dual approach to the issue of parenting with regards to its words of wisdom. One is wisdom for parenting, parenting wisdom, and the other is we need to parent wisdom. We need to parent wisdom into our children. And so that's really what, they, you know, in a nutshell, sermon's over. Y'all can go home <laughs> in a nutshell. That's what Proverbs has to say. But as you look at this, you know, multitude of information that's out there um, on parenting. And before we turn to the word, I thought it's kind of interesting to see what some luminaries and, and people from our society have to say about it. So on the humor of the topic, this is Ray Romano. You know, who uh, everybody loves Raymond, right? Uh, having children is like living in a frat house. Nobody sleeps, everything's broken, and there's lots of throwing up. <laughs> yes, I hear parents laughing. Um, you can relate to that. Uh, this, this, I wasn't going to throw it in, and time is short, but this is uh, Lamentations of a Father. Uh, it was Atlantic Monthly a few years ago, and, and he does the whole thing as if it's Scripture, right? So, bite not, lest you be cast into quiet time. Neither drink of your own bathwater, nor bathwater of any kind. "'Nor rub your feet on bread, even if it be in the package. "'Nor rub yourself against cars, nor against any building, nor eat sand. "'Oh, my children, you are so disobedient.'" For when I tell you what you you must do, you argue and dispute hotly, even to the littlest detail. And when I do not exceed, you cry out and hit and kick. Yes, and even sometimes you do spit and shout stupid head and other blasphemies and hit and kick the wall and the molding thereof when you are sent to the corner. And he goes on how they protest being in the corner. Uh, There's a lot of humor on the parenting topic. Uh, There's a lot of honor. On the topic of parenting. see Everett Koop, former uh, Surgeon General. Life affords no greater responsibility, no greater privilege than the raising of the next generation. That's a profound statement of, of what we're talking about this morning. The brevity of the job. Kids don't stay with you if you do it right. It's the one job where the better you are, the more surely you won't be needed in the long run. And there's a, there's a bittersweet truth uh, to that. And then I like this last one uh, uh, The terror of the topic. Parenting is the greatest single preserve. Of the amateur, and, I, and again, I confess to you, I feel so much like an amateur coming to you on this topic this morning but god 's Word fortunately, is like an instruction book to us. It does give us a, a, a book of instructions, if you will. you know you open a, a gift or something, and you see that assembly is required, and often if, if you don 't have the instructions it 's a terrible thing and you know we have that baby placed in our arms, and we don 't have a book of instructions, but god 's word provides us instructions, and the book of proverbs is, is rich with instruction and I want to say you know, as I was sharing some of the humorous things. As all of you were kind of laughing and chuckling because the, the topic of parenting is is important to all of us. Uh, in in this room, there are, there are parents and there are friends and relatives of parents and future parents and uh, kids and former kids and Kids who should be former kids and should be getting on out of the house. All, we all relate to parenting, right? Because we've experienced it in some way, shape, and form. So please, if you hear the topic of parenting and you're not a parent, don't tune now. There's much, much for all of us as we look at this this morning. So we're going to go back to the beginning in our study of Proverbs. And I, I sent you to Proverbs 1 just a moment ago. Read with me there in verse 1. This isn't actually a parenting passage, but it's, it serves as our introduction. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction and wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel, to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then he goes on in verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. And from that point, uh, the parenting advice begins. And you'll see, that, you'll see that parenting advice throughout. But before we go there, I just want to spend a little bit of review in the book of Proverbs. What Proverbs, what Proverbs is all about. Proverbs is all about wisdom. We just saw that. And if you were here when, uh, here at Anderson, when Brian did the introduction, uh, we talked about uh, wisdom, including these various facets from this passage. Discernment, character, knowledge, and skill. These are all important facets for instilling into our children and into ourselves, indeed, as we parent. And then there were some characters in the book of Proverbs. The unwise characters were the naive youth, the mocker, And the fool, and I don't have a lot of time to unpack that, but hopefully that that reminds you of the beginning and the basis that we that we looked at, and and the idea there is uh, the the fourth character is not up there is the wise, the wise person, and and the idea is that we want to become the wise person, right? We want our children to become the wise person. There's one thing else to remember about proverbs, and it's especially important in the in the subject of parenting, and that's that to remember the proverbs are, are 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 maxims; they're they're not guarantees. Uh, They're not guarantees of a certain outcome, but they're maxims that that express wisdom. For example, one of the most famous proverbs on parenting is 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, if you take that as a promise, uh, you you raise your children right and they're going to grow up perfectly, right? They're not going to depart from that. But we know that doesn't happen. You know, we know there are exceptions to that. And sadly, uh, there there are some some really difficult and tragic exceptions. Uh, it It doesn't work out that way every time. But the general truth is... That if we train our child in the way he should go, uh, he's going to be put on that right path and, and directed in the, right, um, in the right direction. So with that little basis of uh, Proverbs, that little review in mind, we want, to, we want to turn to Proverbs handling of the subject of parenting. And we begin with parenting's purpose. And I want to ask you for a minute before we go to Proverbs view of parenting's purpose, I want to think about your purpose for your child, those of you who have parented or who are parenting or who are anticipating parenting, what would you think of would be some of the things that, um, uh, that, you, would, uh, that you would have as purpose or goal for your parenting. And hopefully, many of you, your first thought was for the child to trust Christ, to come into that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, in just a minute, um, but that's, that's well done. If that's one of your primary goals, and it should be uh, for your kids, well done. But I wonder, too, um, if you thought about what else would be your goals for parenting, what would be some of the things that might come to mind? I think many would say creating stability, education, well-being, academics, and sports success. A lot of of folks uh, have those ideas in mind, those purposes in mind for their children. If you think that, if you thought those thoughts, you're not alone. And I think some of you, even if you didn't necessarily say that you would have that as your purpose in parenting, perhaps your parenting shows that you do have some of those ideas as as your major goals, your major purposes for parenting. And there's nothing wrong with those things that I named, uh, most of them. (laughs) Um, But it is important to remember that our world... Our society is directing us right now, especially in 21st century America, toward some very different purposes for our kids, some very different priorities for our kids. The the Duke of Windsor visited, it's been some years ago, actually, he visited uh, the United States and he was asked what impressed him most about American society. And you know what his answer was? I'm most impressed with how American parents obey their children. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) And that was some time ago. Um. Watch out. You know, don't, don't be caught in that, in that idea that it's all about your children. It's all about their success. Uh, and, and perhaps for some of us, it's all about their success because of successes we feel we didn't achieve. And we're asking our children to live it out for us. Watch out. That's, that's, there's, there are many ways our society is directing us and driving us in our parenting that are not, that are not godly purposes. So I would ask... As we consider Proverbs, what is Proverbs' purpose for parenting? It's not their happiness. It's not their success. It's not those things. But let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 2. You can turn there if you want. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord And discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. What's Proverbs' purpose for parenting? You know, consistent with itself, Proverbs' goal for parenting is wisdom. And that wisdom, as you saw in that passage, is solidly grounded in relationship with the one who created us. The one who wrote uh, this instruction book and the one who desires for relationship with us. So I, I'd, I'd submit, I'd ask that, that we join our arms and our hearts together, parents of Grace Bible Church, friends of parents of Grace Bible Church. If, if we were to, to lock arms today and say, we're going we're to reject what the world says, we're going to adopt what God's word says, and we're going to accept as, as uh, training our children toward Christ and toward wisdom as our primary purpose in parenting. What a difference we will make in this community. What a difference we will make in the world. Because that's not what parents are doing. By and large, nowadays. So let's dedicate ourselves to walking down this path. And, and I, you see the, the roadway in the background there. I, I kind of a lot of things from road and pathways and in, in my language this morning. That, that we dedicate ourselves to walking down the path toward parenting wisdom. And as I said, Proverbs is going to have a lot to say to us about it. Now, first, if, if you adopt that that uh, that passion to go down the way toward wisdom, then you got to acknowledge that there are some roadblocks to wisdom, to in, in, in parenting wisdom into our kids and certainly, you know, for ourselves as well. First roadblock I thought of, <laughs> every new model of a child, right? Every new model of the human being has a defect. Okay, comes off the assembly line, right? When that little baby is dropped into our arms and he's so beautiful and, and, oh my goodness, we're so enraptured. We're so in love. And then we begin to realize, oh my goodness, <laughs> whose creature is this? You begin to see things in them that, are, that have to do with their sin nature, their willfulness. And so there's this problem. The, the, the word teaches us this problem with, with all of us. That's known as sin. Genesis 8, 21, for the intent of a man's heart is evil from his youth. That's, that's a pretty strong indictment. Jeremiah 17, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. There's a problem. There's a roadblock to wisdom in that we all have sin. And your children have sin in them. Secondly, because of that, their natural bent is toward foolishness. Okay, remember the characters at the beginning? The Proverbs characters? The fool was not one of the good characters, right? So there's this bent towards foolishness. Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That's bound up in the heart of a child. There's there's, there's foolishness there. And it's, it's a roadblock to progressing in wisdom. And then finally, Proverbs tells us, left to themselves, they'll get worse. A child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. There's the idea of their shame in the present, you know, in the behavior, but also potentially in the long run. The more a child is left to his own way, the more he's going to go toward uh, those things that are not godly, not wise. And and there's this idea of bringing shame to the mother. So so Proverbs has plenty to say about the problems with attaining wisdom, but it also gives us a way to wisdom. And to unpack that a little bit, I want to go back to uh, 2215. I just read that a second ago. I only read you part of it. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Now now, hang on, on the, don't, don't get caught on the word rod there, okay, for the moment. Focus on the word discipline, all right? We're going we're gonna to unpack the whole rod thing in a little bit. Uh, but the point is, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. There's a way to release that. There's a way to get that out of that, out of that heart. Uh, and it has to do with discipline. Proverbs' way to uh, imparting wisdom, parenting wisdom into our children uh, is through discipline. So let's let's talk about that for a minute. Where does that begin? Where does the the impartation of wisdom into our children through discipline? How how does that begin? Well, first of all, it begins with faith in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pause just a minute here because I don't know who all is here this morning. But I want to say at Grace Bible Church, we believe and teach, as I said a moment ago, that, 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 that all of us uh, have this sin problem. We're born with this sin problem. But, you know, we were created by a God who desires relationship with us. He desires for us to live our life in relationship with him. He desires to provide and, and impart abundant life to us in the present. He desires to give us eternal life for all of eternity. But because God is perfect and we have this sin problem, we can't fellowship with him in that way. That, that fellowship is broken. And so a solution was needed in order for us to enjoy and have and, and, and take part in that relationship with our creator so that our, our sin could be somehow taken away and we could somehow be righteous enough to live in relationship with him. And God, our father, Our heavenly father accomplished that on our behalf by sending his son. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. When he rose from the dead, he defeated death and hell once and for all. And by faith in what Jesus did, we believe, we believe God's word says, we believe it teaches that we can know that we have life with him. We can know that we will have eternal life with him. We can have that that cleansing of our sins and that eternal relationship with him through faith in what Christ did. Not our own efforts. There's a lot in Proverbs about wisdom and effort and obedience and these kind of things. It's not our effort that saves us. It's what Christ did on the cross and our faith in that. And God's word says when we trust in Christ, we also receive his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. We're given a new identity. The identity of Christ, the power of Christ within us. If you've never faced the issue of parenting or even life without that reality in your life, imagine the difference that makes. When you know that you're in a relationship with your heavenly father and you know that He's living his life inside of you, parenting becomes something that, that God is empowering and he's enabling you to do. And when that takes place in your children's lives, suddenly they may not realize it, but they're working with you. <laughs> it may take them a while to realize it, but, but that spirit in them, you know, it puts parenting in a whole new light. So so the idea of discipline, the idea of parenting, uh, if it's not founded in your life, in your family's life, on that that, that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to make that your application today. And come talk to one of us at the end of the service and, and let's settle that. Let's get you in relationship with him. Because that's such an important key. Uh, parenting through your faith in Christ, parenting in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I want to say parenting on purpose becomes very, with the spiritual taken care of, parenting on purpose uh, becomes very, very important. The idea of, of learning about these things that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to put some resources online. I encourage you to go there. I'm not going to be able to cover, in fact, I'm behind time already. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to cover everything that is so important to this topic. You need to study, you need to learn. You need to get that wisdom into your own uh, heart and life so you can impart it to your children. And then decide as parents, and, or if you're a single parent, decide in community with, with, with friends and people in, in your community group who parent around you. Decide what your standards are going to be. Agree to those standards and stick with it. So we're going to talk, we're going to unpack those standards, but there needs to be agreement among the ones who are doing the parenting in order for there to be consistency uh, in, in the process of disciplining in the process of parenting. So let's unpack discipline real quickly. Uh, Again, in one of those resources I'm going to post online, I really liked the the basic layout of this. That in Proverbs, under the the big umbrella of discipline, uh, there are really three intensifying stages or three intensifying aspects of discipline they are instruction, knowledge, that comes from the Word of God. In the the Proverbs context, it would say the law comes from God's Word, there's warning exhortation, a rebuke. It's, it's, it's not simply instructing the child, but, um, uh, but, but correcting them, correcting their path. And then comes the issue of punishment and chastisement. A little bit of, uh, of, of information from Proverbs on each of those. So on instruction, Proverbs 1, hear my son, your father's discipline. Don't forsake your mother's instruction for there are a graceful wreath upon your head and ornaments around your neck. Proverbs 4, hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding for I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. So that's instruction. Secondly, warning or rebuke, exhortation. And this gets a little bit more uh, into the child's life and into life with him. You see them on a certain pathway and you, and you help them to correct the pathway uh, that they're on. Proverbs 3.12, a father corrects the son in whom he delights. If you delight in your children, you correct them. Watch the path of your feet. This is actually Proverbs doing the, the directing. Watch the path of your feet. Do not turn to the right or to the left. And Proverbs 24, but to those who rebuke the wicked will be delight and a good blessing will come upon them. So if you see wickedness and you rebuke it, you correct it, there's actually blessing in that. And then the third aspect that we talked about chastening or punishment. And here comes the rod. Okay. And we're, again, we're going to get there. He who withholds his rod hates his son. Now for a moment, let's just imagine that's talking about discipline in general, okay? If you withhold discipline, it's as if you hate your child. That's a very, very, very strong statement. But he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Parents, there's, a, there's an admonition toward diligent discipline. Proverbs 23, don't hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall rescue his soul from Sheol. In discipline, there's a spiritual aspect in terms of rescuing the, the child's soul, directing them towards that relationship with God, discipline is a, is a facet of that, clearly. And the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. We saw the last half of that verse just a minute ago. The rod and reproof give wisdom. So, this pathway to wisdom. Through discipline is through these intensifying stages of, 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 I'll say, total discipline. So often we hear the word discipline. We focus in on the punishment aspect of it. And we kind of go there and we argue about it. But there's this holistic approach to discipline that is so, so important in raising our children uh, under the the teachings of God's word. And all three levels include ongoing doses of the earlier levels. You should begin instruction when your children are young. You should begin correcting them when they're young. All these things are progressive and, and, and they work together. Okay, so I kept saying, we'll get around to the rod thing. Well, the rod is one facet of uh, what's known as chastisement or chastening or punishment. And we want to look a little bit more, a little bit, <laughs> I was arranged for your uh, examples. right? Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, so heard discipline, heard the rod coming and... and uh, Okay, get my thoughts back together here. So I want to focus in. I said we'd talk about the rod. The rod is one facet of discipline or of punishment, rather. And and so we want to look at kind of the whole picture. And first of all, I think the most important thing that I can say to you uh, is that love uh, better be the foundation of every facet of your parenting, every facet of your discipline, and certainly when it comes down to the issue of, of, of punishment with regard to your child, Proverbs 3.12, I, I put this up also. I keep putting these up in halves because the way the other half works, it it, it really uh, kind of makes the point nicely as you come around. Proverbs 3.12, a father corrects the son in whom he delights. That begins, that verse, you saw the ellipsis, the verse begins, for the Lord whom the Lord loves, he chastens. As a father corrects the son in whom he delights. The example, y'all, for us, that, that beautiful story I told of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the father who loves us. The father who loves us, the heavenly father who loves us, uh, disciplines us. We see discipline from God in our own lives, right? We're going to talk about consequences and, and, and different things. We see God's discipline in our own life. And, it, and it's his love for us that is the basis of his disciplining of us. And our love for our children needs to be the basis of our discipline. Another thought about punishment is that it needs to be consequential. okay. I use the word consequential because we're going to talk about consequences in a minute. But consequential is a word by itself has a little bit of weight to it, right? It, it needs to have your, your discipline needs to make an impact. When you, when you get to that stage in parenting where you're employing discipline, your discipline needs to make an impact. It needs to get their attention. So there needs to be a consequential aspect, but there also is the issue of consequences, okay? And sometimes natural consequences take care of things for us, right? A, a person engages in some sin, our child engages in some disobedience, and there's a natural consequence that occurs that, that corrects them. If they were told not to touch the stove and they touch the stove, there's a natural consequence and Hopefully they get, the, they get the lesson, right? Uh, but then, and, and it's great to, uh, I think parents, a lot of times we want to stand in the way of those natural consequences and prevent our child from somehow being hurt by them. Sometimes we don't stand in the way of those natural consequences. We want to let those natural consequences take place. And then sometimes the natural consequences are not quite immediate enough, right, to be consequential. And so uh, we need to create consequences. And that's, that's where uh, a punishment, um, I'm going to go on in a minute to the non-corporal, different facets of creative, creative punishment can come into play uh, where you employ consequences uh, that are important to the child. And I put this, match the offense, match the child. I wish my wife was here this morning to take credit for this. My wife is the parenting guru. Uh, she studies, she retains things. I'm so grateful to be parenting alongside her. And we were talking about this this last week and she said, you know, just remember to encourage parents to, to think about not only the event and what a good consequence would be to hopefully stop that behavior, but also consequence that, that go with the child's personality. We don't parent each of our three children uh, the same way. We don't discipline them in the same way. Uh, because of their personalities. One of my children is compliant. If you look at her and raise your eyebrow when she was little, she's, she's an adult now, but you'd look at her and raise your eyebrow and she would melt into a puddle of tears. It just didn't take anything uh, to touch her heart, to be consequential, to make that impact. Another our children... Not so, okay? And so we need to think of some more uh, severe and more important and more consequential consequences. And, and so for this one child, there was a particular stuffed animal. I promised my kids I wouldn't mention their names. So that's why I'm saying this child. They're not here this morning, but they'll, they'll know if I mention their names. So what, one, one of the children uh, is not, not, it takes a little bit more impact. And uh, growing up, she had a favorite stuffed animal. And parents, you know the favorite stuffed animal. It is precious to that child it's a precious and this was the one that she slept with and everything and a a, a certain sequence of um, not telling us truth uh, began to happen in her life it was a willful deception happening again and again we began to see the pattern and uh, Jeannie seeing the nature of the child and the nature of something tough we didn't have to go to corporal punishment which we're going to talk in a minute Uh, she she was able to uh, invoke the nuclear option on the stuffed animal say, honey, you know, lying to mommy and daddy is inappropriate. Lying can lead, lying to mom and daddy and to other people can lead to all kinds of problems. If you do it again, the animal will go away and you will never see it again. Now, you, you, you better know we were glad we didn't have to enforce that <laughs> it got through to her. But that, that thing was so precious to her and, and she had such a will that it needed to be something that strong. So having in mind the child's, uh, the child's uniqueness, the child's personality, and, and having in mind the offense and things that would match the severity of the offense um, are really, really important principles in employing consequences. With that in mind, there are myriads of non corporal, do you remember, you know what I mean by that? Non, not the rod, okay? M- meaningful, important, profound ways that you can correct a child through chastisement or punishment without corporal punishment. And I encourage you to be creative and to be proactive and to be consistent. And I I talked a while ago about agreeing ahead of time. Uh, Parents, you need to be consistent with each other, right? Mom can't say something and dad come around and undo it. Okay, that doesn't work. You got to be consistent with each other. You got to be consistent in your employment uh, of the the various various disciplinary uh, forms. So corporal punishment. Here we go. The rod. Uh, What's the most famous proverb regarding discipline in the rod? Spare the rod and spoil the child. Wrong. It's not a proverb. I baited you. Sorry. <laughs> it's not actually, I thought it too, actually, when I started preparing for this. It's not actually uh, in Proverbs in exactly uh, that form. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. We had this a minute ago up there. He who withholds the rod hates his son. That's actually, I think, a, a stronger statement. You're, you're going to spoil him, but you hate him. Wow. <laughs> That's a strong statement. He who withholds the rod hates his son. He who loves him disciplines him diligently. It's in the book, okay, and, and I did a little work, a little research on, on the term because I know there are people who are writing and are putting work out there in our culture who are saying it doesn't mean a rod. Okay, about two Hebrew words translated rod into English, and I did a lot of research on this, okay, they mean rod. Okay, <laughs> there isn't really a way to skirt around that that's what it meant. Now, this kind of uh, approach to discipline was replete in, in ancient Near Eastern culture. And there we go. Egyptian proverb, boys have their ears in their backsides. They listen when they are beaten. Okay, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's from about the same time period. Okay, so the, the expectation of corporal punishment was, was, was very normative and normal uh, in that period of time. And uh, so, I, I, as I said, I'm going I'm to sort of halfway cop out on this, okay? I'm going uh, to put some things. I, do, I'm, I am telling you, uh, the Bible allows for corp- corporal punishment. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But I'm going to put some resources online this week. It may take a few days to get the things up there. But again, I encourage you to go look at them because, I, as I said, I can't cover every aspect. And I, and I want you to be well informed as you approach this issue within your own family. a a couple of words to uh, those who do and those who don't, okay? Uh, Those on both sides of the debate. Um, You know, is the rod absolutely necessary or absolutely evil? Uh, Probably not on both counts. I know very well-rounded kids uh, who are now adults uh, who were not spanked. I know many who were Uh, The main issue I'm going to go back to is just the things I've been talking about. Discipline, correction, instruction, uh, correction of the pathway, soaked in love for the child. The main issue are those things, discipline and correction. Just keep in mind that spanking, if employed, should be extremely, extremely limited to certain behaviors such as willful rebellion. Why is willful rebellion? Is it just because you want them to obey you? No, it's because the child who will, who will rebel against you in regard to the small command they're given will rebel against you when they're on the edge of a busy street and they're heading into it. And you say, stop, and they're rebellious. They, so, so their willful rebellion is one of those things that's very, very serious. And you want to make sure that your child understands it's not appropriate in his relationship with you and certainly in relationship with his or her heavenly father. So it should never be in anger, never in public. For those who don't spank or choose not to or going to choose not to, I, just, I would just say this, ensure that your alternate form of chastening is profound and attention-getting and beyond your ordinary forms of just warning them verbally. Too many parents I know who move away from the, the, the idea of corporate discipline, move away from discipline altogether. And the child begins to, to rule the roost. And that's not in their best interest. It sounds wonderful to say oh, they're going to be so happy. But you think of the example of the, 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 play, the school that built the playground with no fences. And the children thinking, oh, this would be wonderful for the children. They're going to be so free. And they, they, they held up by the building. They put the fences in and the children went out on the playground. Whereas that sense of safety and consistency and, and, and protection uh, from evil, from wrong, from the children, they will respond to it. It'll bless them. So don't reject discipline if you're going to reject corporal punishment. There's more I could say, but I'm going to leave it with that and and encourage you to go online because we really want to kind of head towards uh, wrapping up. So some means, some information about cultivating discipline or cultivating wisdom with discipline, Some kind of some final pointers. As I've said before, your child's faith in Christ, your faith in Christ is so fundamentally important. You need that aspect of the Holy Spirit working you and they both need the Holy Spirit in this process. Grace and discipline. You know, Old Testament wisdom literature is written not in the church age, not in the age of grace, not in the age of understanding of all the writings of Paul and all the wonderful things in our relationship with God, the grace that he's bestowed on us in Jesus Christ. Uh, it, was, it was much more of an approach with regard to the law. And so as we look at Proverbs, we tend to not see that. Uh, but we, we as a church want to emphasize and encourage you to parent and to discipline with grace, to understand God's grace, to study it, to dive into it, uh, and, and to let that profoundly influence your parenting and your discipline. Study his grace, bask in it, bathe in it, spend time in it, and, and employ that in the way that you parent, parent your children. And, and this fall, uh, we're going to be introducing parenting with grace from our, from our children's ministry. And I want to enter, encourage you to be on the lookout for that if you're in the parenting stages, because that's going to be resources to apply the things that we've been talking about from a grace-based perspective. And then some additional wisdom from parents. I, I, I just came to some folks here in the congregation who I respect and uh, asked them to share some, some brief thoughts. Here's one. And I said I wouldn't mention their names also. So people are more important than things. We buy memories, not stuff. Where where are your priorities, right? We discipline quickly, forgive immediately when asked. No keeping accounts. We strive to parent first from the positive. In other words, instead of emphasizing our opposition to negative behavior, we talk and train proactively toward the positive behavior. Can't do that reactively. They even keep a list on the fridge that reminds them of the positives that they want to focus on with regard to parenting their children instead of the negatives. This one I'm, going to, I'm just going to skim through because I'm going to come back to the role of a father. But he's, he's focusing on the, the role of a father and its importance in disciplining and training the children. And then this from a couple who um, have served here for many years. They were, they were parenting when I was being parented. And I've, I've seen the fruit of, of their approach to parenting uh, in the lives of their children and their grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Um, there are, of course, many factors that contribute to good parenting, such as conveying unconditional love, providing quality time, setting a good example, particularly in the husband-wife relationship. One of the most important is to establish and maintain control. In the final analysis, this is achieved through discipline. It's clearly taught in the Proverbs. We found that authority must be established early, preferably before the child is five. However, it will continue through the early years of childhood. Proverbs 19:8 8 clearly implies that such discipline... Should not be delayed. Although the discipline may be difficult for both the child and the parent, the rewards are great. Proverbs states that failure to train the child could result in premature death. More generally, discipline will result in comfort, rest, and delight to your soul, as well as joy and pleasure, as well as that for the child. God has graciously blessed us through our children. So we're going to wrap up. What do we do with all this? I've thrown a lot of information. Uh, I, want, I want to encourage you in some specific applications. Pray. The prayer that God answered so profoundly in scripture, the prayer for wisdom was the prayer of Solomon. And we're reading the result of God's answer to that prayer when we read the Proverbs. God answers a prayer for wisdom. Pray for wisdom as you parent. Begin today lavishly showering your children with unconditional love. Fathers, especially, this is so important and I'm not dissing the moms here, but dads, we so often withdraw from the parenting process and, and we kind of let our wives handle things. And, and I want to say a special word uh, to you fathers. Uh, I think we see in society today, we see in studies that so much of, of things that, that young adults are struggling with in, uh, in, in our society have to do connected back to not necessarily absent fathers, but disconnected fathers. Our role is so important in the nurture of our children, and lavishing them with unconditional love is so important. I, I, God, God imparted some bit of wisdom to me early on in our children in our children's lives with regard to this. Um, where it just hit me one day, I was expressing pleasure in something my oldest had done, and, and I said. Uh, 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 that's really, that's really, really wonderful, honey. I'm so proud of you. And I thought, you know, I don't want her to think that my pride in her is, is strictly the result of what she does. And, and so I said, but you know, honey, even if you had failed, even if, even if I didn't think it was prettier, even if you didn't get an A, if it was an F, you know what, honey? And she said, what, daddy? I said, I would still love you. And that kind of became a habit. I'm going to get emotional here. That kind of became a habit. And the greatest, greatest day, I think in our relationship and in my parenting pilgrimage was the day that I said to her, and you know what, honey? And she said, I know, daddy. You would still love me. If we can impart that message to our children, that message of unconditional love is so, so crucial. It's an illustration of the grace of God towards us. And it's it's an illustration that they need in order to love God and in order to be able to want to serve him. And then once you've established that foundation, get together, like as I said, with your parents. Agree soon. Come up with your, your, your goals and your standards and begin to employ those consistently in the way that you raise and you discipline your children. Stay consistent with it. If there have been past mistakes, it's time to step up. If there have been past mistakes in your parenting, it's time to come to your children. And you know what? It's an opportunity to model for them another important principle, and that's the importance of, of dealing with forgiveness. Going to your child and saying, Honey, you know, I've been wrong in the way that I've been handling this. And I see that I need to do it differently. And I just want to say to you, will you please forgive me? And wait for their answer. Receive their forgiveness. And by doing that, you're modeling something for them, which I encourage you to employ your children with one another. Ask, get them to ask forgiveness and wait to receive the answer to forgiveness. So important. You can build life foundations uh, through these, these moments, even if you're dealing with, with mistakes that you've made. Kids. Work with us, okay? Any kids in the audience this morning, work with us. There's blessing for you. He who curses his father or mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness, okay? That means one of two things. (laughs) And neither one of them is good, okay? If you seek wisdom as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Kids, that's a promise to you. And then Ephesians 6, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, Honor your father and mother, first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Cooperating with your parents obediently in this process that we've been talking about this morning is a blessing to you. Work with your parents. And then don't parent alone, okay? Get in community. Are you in a small group? Are you, are you, have you been attending here a while and you're not involved in any way except this big crowd on Sunday morning? We want to encourage you to get in community with other parents other people who are in the same, same stage of life it was such a blessing to be in Jeannie in our early years of parenting because you, you receive that child and you have no idea what to do but alongside of other parents and in the community of the church and in concert with our children's ministry uh, you, you, you have that community you have those folks around you especially if you're a single parent having that support around you is such an encouragement to Today at the end of this service, there's going to be a Get Connected uh, coffee house, open house back here. These doors are going to open. We're going to do communion right now. But when these doors open, uh, you can head back in there. Don't, don't bypass it. If you've been feeling convicted to get involved in a small group, there are going to be opportunities back there this morning at the end of this service to meet folks who lead small groups and plug in. It's one of the best and most important things uh, that you can do uh, with regard uh, to getting in community so you're not parenting alone. We're going to wrap up with that and we're going to go into communion and uh, I'm going to pray in just a second, but I want to encourage you, you know, how do, how do we transition from parenting and discipline and spare the rod and all that stuff to communion? Well, I was just talking about community and parenting community and, and communion. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of our oneness in Christ and, and our, our community together. And so as you uh, prepare your heart, Uh, uh, for communion. We encourage you to just meditate on these things and meditate on how uh, you can play that role in in the community uh, and in the parenting of your own and the encouragement of the parents among us. So uh, y'all can come forward and Ross is gonna just get a little little music going for us here. Father, prepare our hearts for those... uh, who don't know you this morning uh, by that faith in Christ that we were talking about. Um, I pray for them that they would not be so focused on the elements in their hand, but on the one whom those elements represent, and that this would be the day of salvation for those who are considering the spilled blood and the broken body of Jesus Christ on their behalf. May they hear your gospel and respond in faith this morning. For those of us who do know you, Lord Jesus, we we do celebrate what this represents and what you've accomplished on our behalf. And that, that Father, you are the the perfect, perfect parent. And you love us well and you discipline us well. And you demonstrated your grace and your goodness through what we celebrate. And so we offer ourselves to you in this time of celebrating uh, communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, "The cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death till he comes lord again we do celebrate you and we pray that uh, these profound and challenging and somewhat controversial things that we've been considering in your word this morning that you would speak to us speak especially to those involved in parenting and just by the presence of Christ in them through the Holy Spirit, would you encourage, provide wisdom and enable these parents, enable me as a parent, each of us uh, to, to train up our children, to love them well and to see you honored and glorified in their lives. So we offer ourselves this time to you, in Jesus' name, amen. As you go, remember the doors are gonna be open here and uh, do, do take a moment to stop and visit the open house. God bless you today.